the great Amy Trask joins us right now. How are you, Amy? I'm doing well, and thank you so much for having me. And just please promise that you won't say on air how long we've known one another, because that way someone could do the math and figure out how old I am. No, you keep. I keep getting older, and you stay the same age. I mean, every time I, I see you, I knew I loved you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amy, we, we, well, you know, obviously, everybody knows who you are now. And one of my favorite things about you: not only do you know, I mean, you pretty much do everything. You know, the big three. Now, is the big three coming back, or is that gone? Oh, we're working very, very, very hard to come back sooner rather than later. Um, I'm not sharing with you anything now that hasn't been public. We are looking into the possibility of doing something big brother, big three, where we quarantine people who are healthy, lock them up, so they're only healthy, tested multiple times in people who've been tested multiple times and are healthy in a house. And as I said, it'll be big brother meets big three. We're not going to do it if we can't do it safely, but it is something we're looking into. As long as it's not like the horse fiasco that was on the other day, where people in their driveways with, with cell, cell phone cameras. Okay, well, let me just say that we've, we've been, it's been public for quite some time that we've been discussing this Big Brother, Big Three possibility. And, you know, I can be just a little bit, yeah, maybe a little snarky at times. So when the NBA ultimately came out and said, oh, we're going to do this great thing, we're going to have horse, I sent them a note saying, you're welcome. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I trust that this will be much better produ- produ- production-wise. That was pretty bad. It sure will. Oh. When you work with men like Ice Cube and Jeff Clanton, its production is going to be good. Yeah. I love Cube. He's one of my favorite guys. Now, Amy, I love that you tell it like it is, because I have always told it like it is, and especially with yep. this draft thing coming up, because we had people wearing John Harbaugh, Last week was worried about, oh, my God, they're going to crack. They're going to they're gonna infiltrate our private email, and, and we're worried about sharing information, and it's not going to be safe. And then Big Brother's going to come over, and there's going to be blimps flying over and black helicopters, and they're going to screw up the whole draft. But you've been the calming force here trying to get everybody to calm down. Well, look, there are things in life that really are hard. There are jobs, as we are seeing, that really are hard medical personnel, people cleaning and staffing and keeping open our hospitals, first responders, people trucking and stocking shelves and keeping stores open. You know what? That's hard. Sitting in your living room or your den or your bedroom or your patio and running a draft, that's just, it's not hard. And let me tell you, this is a view I've held since back to my almost 30 years I spent in the NFL when I would stand at training camp in the beauty of the Napa Valley, on the sideline of the practice field, listening to general managers, head coaches, assistant coaches say to me, no one understands how hard it is. And I look at these people who are standing there in clothes provided to them by the team and washed by the team, eating meals cooked by the team, cleaned up after by the team, driving very nice cars provided for them by the team, gassed and washed by the team. It's just not that hard. Let's keep things in perspective, people. Damn right. As the great, uh, we play that cut all the time. The great, uh, uh, the great Aaron Rodgers said, "Relax." R E L A X, man, relax. And, and you being from Berkeley and now living on the beach every day, you know how to relax, Amy Trask. Well, and let me just say that I love that Aaron Rodgers quote, but you you, you kind of did one thing a little wrong. 
You should have said the great Aaron Rodgers, who went to the University of California oh. at Berkeley. I know. Oh. I, I got to get a Berkeley mention in hey. there all the time. And you're a lawyer. And, you know, I don't like lawyers. You're one of the lawyers that I actually like, Amy, because you, you're, a, you, you're a lawyer. You're an NFL executive. You pretty much run CBS Sports now. You run the athletic. You tell these people what to do and how to fix their problems. You tell them to sit down and shut up and just do the damn draft. I don't even run my own house, let alone run any of those things. But here's the secret. I have a law degree. But other than, def- other than defending dogs and cats and animals who've been disparaged on Twitter, I don't practice law. I don't either. I don't know. All that whining uh, sounds like a built, you know, they want a built-in excuse in case they're, you know, they're always, every year a couple teams blow the draft. Now they have a built-in excuse. Well, and, and you know what I think would be a blast to do is about four years from now, let's compare data on a team-by-team basis and on a league basis and see, were there more misses on a percentage basis this year than any other year? Because you're absolutely right. There are misses every single year. Look, the draft's not a science. Mm. There's no enigma code you can crack. There's no Rosetta Stone. Because if there was, if it was a science, you wouldn't have men in the Hall of Fame that went undrafted. So, yeah, you know what? There's going to be misses. And you know what? There's misses every year. The great Amy Trask joining us and uh, talking about the draft. Now, the one thing that's certain this year, more than any other year, yeah, they can't bring the players in, but there's, has there ever been an era in football where as much film has been watched as there has in the last couple of months. What are these coaches doing? They're sitting there and watching film 24-7 now, right? And, and, you know, if I could jump through this phone line, and if we were allowed to hug, I would jump through this phone line and hug you, but I can't and we're not allowed to anyway. But thank you, thank you, thank you for saying that, because what is more important, watching film of a player on the field playing football or having another conversation with him about something dumb. Let me tell you, the time a scout walked up to me during my career and so proudly told me that he had asked a draft prospect, if you're a vegetable, what kind of vegetable would you be? Is that going to help him cover someone man-to-man? Is that going to help him with his pass rush? I looked at this guy like he was nuts. Well, it depends on the defensive back. I mean, some of the Eagle guys wouldn't know a vegetable from a, from a wide receiver, unfortunately. Well, that, that's just the cheap shot at the back. To... The, the best part of the whole story is that I said to him, all right, what vegetable? And he said, the player said a tomato. And I looked at him, I said, a tomato's not a vegetable. Let's move on. It's a fruit. That's right. Yeah. Did you know that, Harry? Tomato's yes, a did. fruit? Actually, I did. Amy Trask joining. Are you in, now, you're, every time I see you on Twitter, you're posting pictures from the beach and all this other stuff. Now, you're not allowed to go out there anymore, even to post pictures of beautiful sunsets or the, or the waves crashing on the shores, right? Correct. The beaches are currently closed in Los Angeles County. So when I am posting a picture, it is a picture I took just the day or so before the beaches were closed. Of course, you know, if you're in your car and you're driving down the street, or I should say I'm not the one driving, if you're in a car with someone with whom you're allowed to shelter who's driving down the road and you... Hold your camera up to the window and take a picture of the beach. You can use that also. But you are correct. Our beaches are currently closed. But that doesn't stop you, though. I mean, you're not going to be, we're not going to see you with a helicopter chasing you down the beach and the police officer no, trying no, to no, run no. and check. I'm obeying all. You know what? Um, this is a time for all of us to look out for one another and not to do selfish things. 
Hey, uh, Amy, you, you, you know that the, the interview process, though, is important when it comes to trying to figure out if guys really love to play football because at that level, regardless of talent, you really have to love to do it. And I think there is some value in that. But these guys are able to interview these guys over you know, Skype or Zoom to try to determine that, right? Right. There's these thing called cell phones right. and Zoom and Microsoft Office and Team. And, look, let me tell you something. When I joined the NFL a billion years ago, we didn't have the Internet or email or, let me go all Bill Belichick on you, Snap Face. Snap you know, Face. You know, so, yes, I understand the value of talking to prospects. I also understand that there's these nifty little things called cell phones and FaceTime and, and tools that exist now that didn't used to exist. I saw one of your quotes you were talking about. People were saying, you know, these, these general managers and, and, and these coaches, they're not technically adept. They may <laughs> screw up these cameras that are sitting there as we're waiting for them to make the pick. And you said? If, if you've got me, you know, if you could just see me right now, I'm like, my little hands are in little fists. I don't remember my exact words, but figure it out. <laughs> and if you're scared about security, Bring down the cone of silence so I can get smart. By the way, these teams have huge IT departments who can call on the phone and talk people through things. It's just not that hard. And you said get your 14-year-old son or kid to come down and figure it out, right? (laughs) Yeah, get your son or your daughter. You've got a backup department there. Exactly, because kids know everything. I mean, they knew about Twitch before I did, and now I'm on Twitch and on SiriusXM. Now, are you listening to me out there on the West Coast, Amy? Because I'm not on the West Coast anymore, and I used to see you all the time. So now you can listen to me out there in Southern California or in Berkeley when you go back up north. We miss you in California. I miss you. And, of of course, I'm going to listen to you from wherever you are broadcasting. Well, thank you, Amy. Now, I showed that we had the picture back in the Raider rally. Back in 1989, I believe it was, in Jack London Square back in the day. And that's, uh, that was back, uh, you know, because you joined what? You, you, you went to the Raiders in 95 when they moved from L.A. back to Oakland, right? So that's how long you've been with them until, you, until, until 2013. I actually joined the Raiders um, in ninth, well, I did an internship in like 82, 83, 84, I guess 83, 84, right around then. And I joined the Raiders a couple years later, so... Um, yeah, that goes way, 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 way back to the mid-'80s. Exactly. Wow. It's not possible, is it? And you know, that- I really, I'm really loathe to think about how many of your listeners weren't born then. Uh, so am I. <laughs> so don't bring it up. All right, now, now, okay. So now you're no longer with the Raiders. Obviously, you're writing for The Athletic. You're on CBS. And you talked about the transition from L.A. back to Oakland. And I used to fly up to Oakland and San Francisco every weekend when I was doing the Raiders postgame show with Bill Romanowski and the gang. And when I lived in L.A. And all the Raider fans, you would see them on, on the planes. The Southwest planes were all full of Raider fans going up to Oakland when they were home from L.A. And now they're going to be going from Oakland and L.A. to Vegas next year, hopefully this season if there's football. So you, you, those planes are going to be packed the same way, right, just like they were, whether you're in San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco. You're all going to be heading to Vegas this fall, hopefully. Uh, well, I won't be heading to Vegas because if there is a football season, I'll be heading to New York every weekend for CBS. But for the fans that are heading to Vegas, there's one other point, and you know this about Los Angeles. The bulk of the Raider fans in Los Angeles are in the area we call the Inland Empire, which is you know, well towards the east. That's only about, what, a three, three-and-a-half-hour drive yep. to Las Vegas? So there will be a lot of fans who 
might make a drive rather than jump on an airplane. I love the IE. We, you know, we got to call it IE, Amy. I mean, say calling it the Inland Empire is like so East Coast. you got to call it the IE. No. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll try to get hit. <laughs> All right, so where will you be on draft night? Because everybody's doing their thing. The NFL Network and ESPN are apparently combining staffs because they can't open their facilities. So where will you be headquartered on the on well, draft? Well, I will be in my home, but look forward to be participating with some CBS Sports interaction, and, and we'll all be tweeting and sharing thoughts and, and doing things of that nature. I don't know yet whether I will be doing them on the radio, on Twitter, or in other manners, but absolutely look forward to being part of the CBS Sports team and doing my work from my home. Beautiful. Amy Trask, so Raiders, I mean, you're still, you have to, I know you say you're a Cleveland Brown fan to a lot of people, right? Is that true? No, 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 no. I say that I am a fan of those fans. Oh, okay, okay. I have a tremendous, a tremendous amount of respect for the way they support their team through thick and thin and a tremendous amount of empathy for what they have endured and they've stayed loyal. So I am a fan of those fans. I am, too. I mean, I, I love the Cleveland Brown fans. You know, Raider dog fans. Pound. The dog pound is yeah. the best. I mean, the Raider, you know, listen, well, the black hole is phenomenal. Oh, yeah, I've been yeah. there many times, as you know, Amy, but... The Cleveland Browns fans, you're absolutely right. They are the most loyal, longest-suffering fans. I know Buffalo fans haven't won, but at least they've tasted a lot of success, unlike the Cleveland Look, there Browns. Are, there are, and I'm sure your reason you're mentioning Cleveland is I've been doing a lot on the radio in Cleveland of late, so I've had a lot of this on Twitter, but I'm fans of a lot of fan bases. There are fans that are supportive of their teams, and I love fans who can support their teams passionately, but also respect fans of other teams who support their teams passionately. I do love about the Browns, you mentioned the dog pound, and they do something magnificent every year at training camp, which is find homes for shelter pups who Mm -hmm. need to be rescued, and they do that as part of their dog pound effort, and I love that. Well, then, dare I ask what uh, Amy thinks about the Eagles fan base? Oh, well, there was the time my parents were uh, with me at a game. They, they, by the way, when you talk about those Southwest flights, Los Angeles to Oakland, my mom and dad were on every single one. Um, and, and there was, let's just say, I don't want to swear on the radio. I don't want to get you guys in trouble. Let's just say Eagles fans were never, ever, ever shy about articulating their views, even to parents who were sitting in the stands trying to just mind their own Beeswax. Wait a minute. Aren't the Raider fans and Eagle fans pretty much pretty the same much the fan same base? Market. Oh, no. Don't start. Now, you know I'm going to stand up for my Raider fans. I'm not you ripping them. I'm, I'm not ripping I love the Raider fans. I, they love me in the black hole. I would walk by there in the stadium. I took Robin down there once. Those fans were loving me. They're great fans. The Raider fans are great, 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 great fans. Um, I remember we were in Philadelphia to play the Eagles once, and my husband made that trip, and he came out a day or so after I did, and he was taking a jog in a Raider shirt shirt through a park in Philadelphia, and he's getting booed because he's jogging in a Raider shirt, and he looks up, and the couple that's booing him, you know, he's expecting kids or it's, you know, some middle-aged couple just booing him as he's taking a jog in Philadelphia in a Raider shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Amy, you anticipate any craziness uh, towards the top of this first round with all these quarterbacks uh, this year? I think it's always fair to expect the unexpected. Um, you know, everybody is still declaring we're holding on to our picks, we're holding on to our picks, but I know how that works. A lot of times people say we're holding on to our picks, we're holding on to our picks. 
because they want every other team to think, well, if I want that pick, I'm going to have to spend a lot of capital to get it. And then, of course, if the team doesn't trade the pick, they say, see, we told you we weren't going to trade the pick. Just don't believe anything anyone's saying, okay? <laughs> but Joe Burrow's going number one. Is there any way, shape, or form that the Cincinnati Bengals aren't going to take Joe Burrow number one? Boy, I sure hope they do. We had an opportunity to have him with us on our show at CBS Sports Network, and I had a chance to interact with him. And this is a magnificent young man, not simply on the field, but what he would be in terms of you know the, the face of a franchise, representing a franchise, is just really special. Amy Trask, and, hi, and you didn't say hi either, because one of the things Amy does on Twitter, and everybody loves it, she, everybody she responds to, and she says, and hi. Well, you know what? Um, and that's just not about Twitter. I love to say hi to people. When I'm on the street, I say hi. When I'm in an elevator, I say hi. Of course, all of this was before, you know, distancing. Mm-hmm. But I love to say hi to people, and I consider, you know, my Twitter feed is Twitter Street for our Twitter village, so I like to say hi to people. But you always end it with, and hi, by the way. You know, it's like, by the way, hi. Yeah, hi. I like that. No, I love that's it. Why, and that's why, and by the way, that's why I hadn't said hi to you yet. I was going to do it at the end, but I'll do it now. Hi. <laughs> hi, Amy. Say hi to Harry. Say hi to Robin. Hi, everybody. <laughs> See, when I'm out walking in my neighborhood, Tony, I, I try to wave to everybody. In yeah. my na- they, don't look, they don't wave back. Well, you heard Amy. She said, if you were, were you wearing a Raider jersey or an Eagle no, jersey? No, I have no, no, no affiliation with any team on. You had black on. Maybe they thought you were a Raider fan. Oh, maybe. So many people, though, are just staring at their phones and their little screen. They don't see what's going on in the yeah. world around them. So I like that. I like that, Amy. No, I love it. I mean, and, everybody, and people know, that don't even know Amy, they just contact. They just say hi. They go on Twitter just so she can say and hi back to them. And, and you know what's really fun about doing it in elevators and hotels? Um, and, and through CBS Sports, I, for the last number of years, I go to New York every single weekend. So I'm in a hotel every single weekend in Manhattan in elevators up and down to the rooms, and I say hi to everybody. And the other thing I do is I say, where's everybody from? And you can be in an elevator in a hotel in New York, and, you know, there's times in one elevator I'm meeting people from Dubai and Italy and, you know, uh, Nigeria and, you know, Japan, and it's it's just places all, you know. Um, There was one elevator in which we had someone from Israel and someone from Egypt and someone from Dubai and someone from France and someone from Switzerland. And you just look at each other and say, you know what? We could probably solve so many of the world's problems if we just did it together in elevators or otherwise and sort of took out all the middlemen. So do it. Say hi to people. Introduce yourself. Find out where they're from in the world and, and make a friend. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, you're almost bringing me to tears now, Amy. I mean, I'm, well, i got to give you a roaring round of applause for that. Oh, thank you. Amy Trask. I, I really never called you the Princess of Darkness. That was the Raider Nation. But I don't think that's an insult. I think that's, that's, that's an homage. homage. You know what? I'll tell you this. Um, that first came out when Mike Silver wrote a piece in Sports Illustrated, and he noted that a number of people in the NFL, and they said it off the record. You know, we call her the Princess of Darkness. And it was not intended as a compliment. It was intended as an insult, insult, insult. Well, Raider Nation embraced it. And I embraced it, and I think it's the best nickname ever. I will forever cherish it. So even though someone said it to be mean, I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, we love her too. Amy Trask. Amy, thanks so much for coming on. Always good to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Amy Trask. And hi. Hi. And hi.